Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of The Drone Report. I am your host Tom Marville here with my host Anthony and we have none other than Ariel Avitan, the Chief Commercial Officer and Co-Founder of Percepto. How are you Ariel? I'm good, I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing good man, we're doing good. Wonderful, glad to have you on. Um, I met Ariel just a few weeks ago actually at the Coke plant where I work. Um, they came over and I had no idea what was going on. We kind of did a little, they were doing a video shoot and we were trying to get the Sparrow to fly and it was real windy because here in Northwest Oklahoma, it, there, there's a lot of wind. So it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of a challenge, but we got it done. It was amazing to meet you. So Ariel, if you wouldn't mind, just let everybody know, you know, how did you get started? Give us a little background on how you got into drones and then up into Percepto. So I actually started uh, my 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 familiarization with drones with Percepto. Uh, I come from a from a information security background. I was a product manager at a couple companies and formed uh, two other companies. And then um, in my last uh, company, when I was ready to to move on, one of my investors uh, told me that there's a new group forming. Uh, that has to do with uh, drones, and you know, I'm, I'm I was always fascinated by by flying stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, you know, I had my own RC, uh, dro- uh, like flew it uh, a, a long uh, like a long time, and uh, and when he said that, I, I met you know three more people that are today my co-founders uh, that are very technical, and uh, what we tried to do at the beginning is actually. We were fascinated with the fact with uh, with you know DJI's the uh, uh, the Phantom One, Phantom Two, like the sure. really first kind of commercialized uh, drones. But you know they were very uh, quote unquote stupid uh, drones. So like the, they they are an RC with a quad, like a quad with an RC. And and we were trying to see how can we get things you know moving uh, much more intelligently. And we we moved in creating what we call a Perceptor Core which is a small module that you can hook up into a DJI Phantom and it takes over the control of the camera and that enables us to run machine vision applications on. So, you know, what today is very common, like a DJI that runs after you or, uh, you know, the, the detection and then tracking modes, you know, seven years ago, nobody thought would like it could be commercialized and that's what we started with. Um, we soon understood that, you know, business-wise, it's a very tricky market. Uh, you either work with DJI or you're out of business. That's That was the, you know, market then. But we really had a good set of machine vision applications. And one of the things that we started doing is precise landing. We started using the machine vision for precise landing and say, hey, if we can create a drone that flies around and then just lands the same point very accurate all the time we can create a base station that knows how to charge it and basically you're creating an autonomous system a, t- a system i would put autonomous it's a the very big name i would say a system that doesn't need any human interference you fly around you come back you charge you fly around again so you need a management system that knows how to how to control the drone operationally and you need a base station and we went ahead and created our DIB, our drone in a box. Um, we, the thing, the first thing that we had in mind is drawing a box, other than the fact that it needs to work, it needs to be, it needs to change the way people think about drones. 
people think about drone as something you have in your pickup truck, you fly it out, you bring it in, right? And that has a lot of, a lot of, uh, um, you know, sub sub kind of context. Meaning, it doesn't have to be ruggedized. You don't have to when it when it rests, it needs to. It doesn't have to be cooled or or heated or like. There's a whole set of things that you think about about it uh, when you when you want to think about a drone that lives outside, that is never coming back into the truck. It's always outside, and that's how we created our our uh, our systems to make sure that they can manage the harsh conditions of you know uh, of heavy industrial sites. Uh, you know, fast forward up until uh, two years ago, uh, um, we. Uh, push the drone in a box as the as the you know the main form factor of Percepto. It's the most deployed drone in a box in the world today. We are build, we are operating in 13 countries. Uh, and we have offices here in the U.S. and Israel, which is our main uh, hub in Australia. And then working with our clients, which are mainly you know uh, oil and gas uh, uh, refineries and upstream uh, power utilities, anything has to do with uh, heavy, heavy industrial chemical plants and, and mining, uh, we understood that the drone is just you know one factor of what is needed in the end. The drone is just a, 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 another very can be a very stupid or a very sophisticated data collection tool, right? That enables the end user to take decisions. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's like it, it's just another tool in your tool belt, right? So of course. But but it's a tool that has that if you know how to work with it autonomously, the amount of value you can get from that autonomous ability to collect data and then have a software that knows how to run an AI application on it and then provide you a report at zero time or a very low time, that really increases your ability to be much more efficient on site. And that's the whole game. So two years ago, we shifted from only doing drone a box. Today, we're doing the Sparrow drone. You know, on the 17th of November, I urge you guys to, to be on our uh, podcast, uh, on our release. Uh, there's going to be some interesting stuff uh, there. But we're adding more and more sensors. So we uh, last year we were we announced that we we're working with uh, the Boston Dynamic Spot, you know, the dog that runs around and, and collects information. We work with uh, still cameras. We work with uh, uh, rovers. We work with any visual data collector that can bring us information that we can, you know, crunch and provide it as an insight to the client. Because the end result, you know, talking about where is this heading? The end result is sites that are remotely operated and they have people on the side uh, on the side that do things, not inspect. Like because right. uh, you know, you work in a site you are trained there, you know, to fix things, to uh, uh, to make sure things are running, not walking the line, not walking the the pipe and looking for 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 uh, you know for for a leak. That's something that robots can do. It just makes your time much more efficient. Absolutely, I, and I agree with that. You know, it's it, it's where the drone drone industry is going. That you know that we've talked about so. You, you kind of gave us a brief description of the solutions, so to speak. You guys have the drone in the box, which I've actually operated with Sparrow. Um, you have, 
you know, stuff that's actually coming up and, and other things. What what kind of solutions? Is it just right now really just drone in the box, uh, that solution that you guys have? Um, and I know you did partner with uh, Spot, and we'll get to that here in a little bit because that's a pretty interesting um, thing right there. But uh, give us a brief description of just some of the solutions that you offer to your clients right now um, apart from drone in the box. So the, like I said, the drone in the box is a collector. Like today, we are the software enables us to also connect to uh, uh, to manual flights, so we can collect data from DJI's. We connect to any any uh, visual sensor, so you can manage all the data in one location. Um, I think that if you look at the challenges that big companies have when they try to uh, to deal with visual data, the first main challenge is the collection. Like, how do you get data? on a continuous basis, not a one-off, right? Uh, uh, on a continuous basis uh, collected on the site. But I think the next challenge is how do you organize the data and how do you sift data uh, so that you can see what's really relevant for you? Because the amount of, like these are terabytes a day that are uploaded, right, in, in, in some sites. And you need to convert that into that, you know, three, four megabytes of, of, uh, of pictures that are, or gigabytes of pictures that are, really have a problem that you need to focus on because nobody's going to go through the, all that, that information you collect. So we, we solve that second half with our software, ability to sift that information, disperse it, so you know that if you're managing you know, a, a, a tanker, only the information that is relevant for the tanker will show up and only the information that you're that is for the tanker and has a anomaly, has a change, has a, uh, a something that you need to look at, will pop up as an alert or as a an report. And, uh, um, and you know, that's what we're offering uh, our, our clients on that end. And then, uh, and like you said, now we're adding more and more uh, collectors, uh, which uh, the spot is one of them. We're uh, looking into the rovers and and other uh, uh, other uh, form factors that can help us, you know, uh, complete the puzzle of the of the specific side they're working on. So it sounds it sounds like you're using some pretty fancy AI software to sort through all this data. Is that is that how it's going? AI is a big part of what we did. Like, like I, I told you at the beginning, we started with AI. Sure. We started with with, uh, yeah. with machine vision. Uh, with uh, uh, yeah, and um, the AI part enables us to bring, at the end, what's important to the client. Of course. Uh, I think that a lot of people. Um, a lot of people think that the end client of an industri industrial site is the pilot, right? A lot of uh, industry, but but the pilot serves uh, a, a higher goal, which is right. the insight. Yeah, the, absolutely. You know, the uh, site man, well, site manager is a little bit big, but the but the asset manager or the integrity management or someone that. It doesn't really care. I always say that, like the the site manager doesn't really care if it's a sparrow drone with like two cameras, like, or if it's a pigeon with uh, that you duct tape a camera to. Like at yeah. the end, it needs the insight. It needs that you know what's wrong here and how fast can I can I fix it. That's 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 their goal. So the AI enables us to crunch all that you know 
tons of video vi video camera uh, uh, or, or steel camera shots and crunch it into this is an area that is not working. This is an area that you have a problem. This is a report you know that you need once a day to just go over and make sure that everything is is uh, is uh, in its place. And that's you know that's where we put our emphasis on. So uh, so yeah, a lot of AI. We we play a lot with thermal. Uh, we we love thermal cameras. We have a radiometric camera on the drone itself, uh, and. Uh, yeah, we're going to announce a couple of that on the seventeenth as well, um, and and we just love it because our because that the combination of anomaly of uh, sorry autonomy, and uh, and anomaly is is perfect. I'm, I'm guessing that you guys already spoke in the past on on you know what what is uh, uh, AI, which sure. is a yeah. <laughs> it's a very broad <laughs> term. You can, throw, yeah. you can throw a rock and and. And you'll get it uh, every time. You'll get a different opinion of what an AI is. But exactly. But everybody. But when when you talk to companies that do uh, AI, one of the things that uh, that they go through is uh, is what what's called you know classification and then anomaly detection. Right. Because they fly things manually, they need to classify what they're looking at. So yeah. a drone needs to understand that it's looking at a shaft. Yeah, absolutely. And it means that. Good. Sorry, and, and you know, I've had I've had the chance to have a look, kind of underneath the, that that software, looking at the anomalies, being able to fly a mission, <clears throat> pre-planned mission, and really just connecting a secondary link to it, and taking off in that drone, and it's fully it's a fully autonomous flight. Uh, now the, it, now when when we were talking full autonomy, to me, full autonomous flight means there's no intervention whatsoever that a pilot will need or has to have at any point in time or can have. So, again, that's kind of like the AI. You could throw a rock and it's going to be different from everybody that, that you're going to speak to what they believe full autonomy. But I've seen how this drone goes from start to finish, um, especially at the plant when we first started it. And I got to actually be a part of them coming in, building the drone in the box up from the pad all the way up to our first flights was really amazing to see. And it's something to be very excited for that, that, you know, two, three years ago, or even seven years ago, nobody ever thought this was going to happen. And now right. we have Percepto out there. That's you guys are just killing it in the game. Uh, I appreciate it. And, and uh, you know, Sometimes I uh, I remember myself uh, four years ago doing demonstrations, and every time the drone comes to land, I'm like, please land, please land. Please land. <laughs> and, and today, if it comes to land, I just, I just go to the car because I, I know it's going to do it. Like it's right. a, you know, it's it's maturity and 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 a lot of hard work from our uh, uh, machine learning team. But but I think that uh, the when we're, when we're talking autonomy, there's two paths, right? There's the path of, of machine autonomy, which what you're talking about, the ability for to click on a button and, and know, in, in, you know, in confidence and in, in, in safety, that the drone will do its job and come back and land and you're good with it. Like that's, you know, I think that's confidence in, in machines. I think that's the A, B, C of anything robotic in the future. Sure. Because we're humans, we, when I when I when I work with someone, I need the confidence to know that he's going to do the job, right? Absolutely. And, and it's a thousand times more complicated. We need to trust a a, a robot. <laughs> you know, right. yeah, you can't 
you can't ask him questions like, are you sure you know how to do this? Or like, you're like, you know, just, uh, you need to get the confidence of, of getting that run. But then, so that's one part. And, and that will be shown only with repetitiveness of doing the missions yeah. over and over and again, making sure that, you know, the, the uptime is high. But the data side, talking about uh, about uh, AI and, and machine learning, that's also a path that we need to go through. Where today we're very uh, advanced in the ability to look for anomalies, and it's connected to the machine part. Because if I know that the drone will be there in the same location, at the same time, over and over again, I know that the same picture that I'm looking at, right, should always be the same. Yep. Be Exactly. I can look at the same thing over and over again. That enables me to do an anomaly detection. So I take a picture today and I saw what I had yesterday. And because it's not a pilot flying it, which will always have a, you know, a difference, right? Absolutely. It's a machine driving it from the same angle. I know that the uh, ability for me to take anomalies from that is very high. So the autonomy on the, on the robotic side just patches up and mixes very well with the autonomy on the on the AI side and provides that value. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and and that's that's a really good point, you know, that that people don't look they, they look at full the when you ask a lot of people they look at full autonomous and this is where I was going with the next um, um, question that we kind of had for you is when people look at full autonomy, they just look at it as one thing, like, well if it's a fully autonomous drone, that means I I don't need to be here. Right. And, you know, like Ariel's saying, you know, that's not necessarily the case. So so the next question I kind of had for you is, and I've read quite a bit, and you hear a lot on drone podcasts, the FAA's regulation on beyond visible line of sight. Now, I know you guys have actually have one of the, it's a waiver that the FAA did for you guys. Um, for Percepto out there when they had the wildfires. So what is your kind of take on when people ask, like, well, it's fully autonomous and, you know, it's going to be going beyond the my line of sight. We're, it's a very gray area right now because drones being still very, uh, very much in their infancy. Where do you guys kind of stand on how the FAA and maybe how it, it's going to go with uh, BVLOS? Beyond visual line of sight is a global uh, issue coming from, I think, a, a lot of lack of knowledge. When you take people that all their lives they used to work on jumbo jets, F-15s, uh, and, the, and, the, and the likes, there's always a human of course. in the loop. And when you have uh, uh, drones coming in, there's two main big scares. The first one, everybody can get a drone up in the air. And that's really scary at the end. Think about, you know, the incidents that, that I think, uh, if I remember correctly, LaGuardia Airport had and, you know, in UKs, like people can really create damage with these systems. And the second thing is that you, there's no way how to monitor. Like I can, I can see a Cessna coming in into an airport because I have a radar, right? A drone is a much more, uh, you know, elusive small system. So taking all that scare, right, putting that aside, there are two main elements that the FAA is looking for. A, don't kill anyone when you're falling down the sky because you're not a system that is, you know, you are not uh, 
uh, <laughs> you are not born and raised in Boeing or, or Airbus. Right. Um, but the second thing is that don't bump into any other planes. That's the two main elements that you're looking for. So, and with that, you know, Perceptor specifically entered four main uh, pro programs with the FAA because our goal at the end is to have systems that just work in tandem with people. Like, you know, when you operate this system, you click on a button, you know, I, I want to get to a place where, you know, where Tom, you, you're, you're, you're walking there and you just get a notification, just landed. This is the data I did. This is the mission I did. I'm ready, you know, and in, in, I'm ready for another mission in 12 minutes. Like Absolutely. it just what it needs to do. And, and for that, we need to get to a place where the skies are safe and when you guys are safe. So how do we do that? The main road today for uh, system safety is called TC, it's a type certificate, which basically every aircraft that flies gets. So from Cessnas to everything goes through a type certificate. And Percepto is one of the ten, first 10 companies that are going through the type certificate process within the FAA, which is the first ones to do with drones. And this basically gives you a label that that, that the hardware itself was checked, the process of building it was checked, and it's in the level of aviation that can be now distributed as uh, commercial systems. So that's one thing. When you look at how to work with the, how to play along with the, with the airspace, that's a whole different animal, which this, that is the beyond visual line of sight, right? And uh, today, Percepto, we have very advanced uh, uh, waivers. You have to waive the, the, original, uh, uh, the original law because there's no law that enables you to run beyond visual line of sight. So you have Absolutely. to waive it. You have to request the waivers. Um, so the ability to request the waivers uh, uh, is uh, uh, based on a lot of experience and a lot of knowing how to work with the FAA and a lot of a, you know, laundry list of things that the site itself needs to be re ready for when, when you do Beyond Visual Line of Sight. Uh, the next level is going to be radar-based uh, Beyond Visual Line of Sight, which is using ground radars to mitigate the air. So now you can fly around and, and you know, you're, you're cross-correlating between data that comes from the radar and what's called DAA, detect and avoid mm -hmm. applications that have on the drone itself. And that enables us to, if you find something that flies in your area towards you and at a certain height, you can start creating maneuvers, the avoid part of the system. And hopefully, the end result will be systems that have everything encompassing in, in their system itself, but that's a very long. Yeah, long and it is, and, and you know, and I won't even get into the remote ID portion of it because we, we don't have enough time to be able to hit everything with you um, to stay within our allotted time, but you know, it, the remote ID thing is another huge thing that, you know, the FAA and for the UAS that that's pushing. So it's kind of one of those, you know, I, I don't know if it's a very sore subject yet for people, especially those who just recreationally go out and fly their drones, not not on a commercial standpoint. 
Um, so that's those are huge things that that I know you guys there at Percepto and you know us being in in the you know smaller portion of the industry, the drone industry, and, and even going over into those who just you know recreationally just love to go out every day hobbyists and, and fly drones. So um, that those are those those questions will keep coming up and you know if you guys want any more questions about it uh, want to hear a podcast on that let us know um so what actually sets you guys apart from the competition in your space so more or less um skydio for instance has a fully autonomous drone we hear a lot about you know is autonomy autonomous flight illegal because you no longer have a pilot that can because and correct i I may be wrong but i believe it's the skydio x2 that's a fully autonomous that the pilot when it's on a mission you there's it'll pause and that's it there's no putting in a manual flight path to come home so is that something that separates you guys the route you're taking and you know you don't have to necessarily touch back on the autonomy side but what sets you guys apart from the rest of the um competition or industry yeah i think that uh, when you spread out the competition it's divided into a couple of uh main buckets you have hardware competition which is the drones themselves you have software competition that has to do with management systems you have reporting competition, like we're four or five startups in the same in the same company, basically. And then I think that the main thing that, that distinguishes us is our approach to clients. We don't look at, we, I'll do it other ways. When you see other com- competitors talking about themselves, it's all about the drone. This is flying, you know, very close. This is 100 megapixels, PCG, PCG, flying. Like, we don't care about the drone. The drone has a job. It needs to provide the data. We need to make sure that the client gets the insight. We're a client-oriented company, 100%. And we'll do the job. You know, I can give you the specs of, of, of the Sparrow and tell you why the Sparrow is uh, today, the, the reason it's the most deployed system, it's because it's the most used system in that we just have a lot of runway. Like right. we overcame so many obstacles that today the new types of uh, drawing a boxes that are coming in are just like facing. You know, it's nice to land. You know, one of the things that gave us the main, the main advantage is the fact that we tackled the, the landing with our own machine vision and not used IR beacons at the beginning and companies that have IR beacons are up to date, not really deployable, because they're deployed in a sunny day with no, with no uh, main issues with lighting on the IR. And we just started with machine vision that enables us on software, not on hardware, to get better and better and better. And hopefully, you know, next year, 45 mile per hour winds or 35 mile per hour winds landing. So that, that's where we go, but it's only software. That's, that's the only thing we need to push on. And that gave us the first leap. But then the second leap is that the first leap enables us to put the first drones and drones on site. But then we learn what it means to put a drone in the middle of Mexico, in the middle of the desert with like near, you know, near the sea with like salty air. We know how it works in, in, in a freeze in, te- 
in uh, in Enid, Oklahoma, right? We understand how to take a system. We have systems flowing in the you know in, in the Dead Sea uh, in Israel, and we have systems flowing in Norway. Like that accumulative knowledge enables us to create you know the base station to version three. We had the vision for the, uh, version three go through uh, Hurricane Cat five testing in Florida. It's like that all of that information at the end brings you a, a drone that on the one hand does the mission collects the information you need in order to make actual insights or make decisions and it does it in a high reliability which i think that's the main point when you're looking at systems uh, on the hardware side on the software side i think most of the companies are targeting uh, drone pilots or drone fleets we are targeting sites. We need to make sure that, you know, Enid site manager understands the value he's getting from this and has the ability to get, a, you know, a link with a report that is report, important to him. Not everything is important to him, right? There's a lot of things that are important to you or yeah. to, you know, to, uh, to other people in, 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 in the site. But that data cycle is not a is not about the drone pilot it's about the site itself and what can the site gain from the insights that we collect and um look three four years for uh, three four years from now maybe we'll connect to a skydeo or to a uh to a parrot or whatever other right. hardware out there we just know that we put a lot of emphasis on our hardware on specific use cases that we need to solve that nobody's solving today, right? That's where we put our focus on. Absolutely, and I <clears throat> I know we don't have time. I, I really wanted to touch in on spot that, so out there in um, Fort Dodge, Iowa, uh, this week they're gonna actually be setting up spot that's gonna work with Sparrow. So spot being the terrestrial robot dog um, is actually being set up and that's gonna be really cool. And we'll kind of touch more after we see um, some use cases on that and, and where that goes, you know, maybe we can bring you back um, um, further down yeah. the road and and yeah. discuss spot because that is a really, really neat thing. But Anthony, I know you had some uh, questions coming up for him um, so, so we don't run out of time, but. Tell us a little bit about AIM. Tell us how that system's gonna work. So AIM is, uh, um, is a software platform that enables us to connect between the collectors and the decision maker. So the ability to uh, have data uh, collected, as we said in the, uh, before, one of the main challenges is collection. Like, sure. you know, you guys know Enid, you'd cite a lot of everything there. Like, how do you continuously collect visual data on all of it, right? The, today, if right. you look at, take 10 years back or even today, the visual collectors are humans. They just walk around, go up and down, go in and out and like, and, and that, these are the visual collectors, but there are a couple of things that are missing. One is auditing, like you wanna make sure that all that visual is somewhere. The second is the ability to look for things that the human eye cannot see. So uh, nobody, I'm guessing, not, not a lot of people are working with, uh, you know, with an IR, uh, you know, radiometric, looking for small leaks or small anomalies. And like, all of that can be done autonomously. So the aim enables us to control operationally control drones, control rovers, control 
quads control robots to know how to collect the data. It knows how to store it and start it dividing that information into what we call points of interest. Every site has points of interest. And like we want to make sure that the data that is relevant for a point of interest is collected for that point of interest only. So that when a user comes in, he doesn't need to scroll, you know, a thousand pictures. He needs to say it, it's the other way around. It's like this tank is what's important for me, and this tank with yesterday's pictures, that's what's important for me, and that's what we'll get. And then the second stage, uh, the second phase of, uh, or the third phase of the aim is using the AI and the analysis to create reports. We're very big on, on uh, dissemination of data. How do we get information out? Ideally, you would ask me, you know, what's my vision for AIM? Nobody has a username password. It's just the system that works. Right. Whatever you do, you know, at the end you're getting a report. This is what this was. This is what was done. Because if I know how to do the analysis, there's no reason for you to go and look for the pictures. You can take a username password, go get the information if you need it for, you know, for post analysis, for you know, metadata and stuff like that. But operationally. Like, if I give you another username password, you're going to start, you know, you won't like me. Like, it's another system that I need to learn how to work with. I don't yeah. want that. Like, I want the, the users to get an email, to get a text. Mission number X, this was what, that, that, this is the only thing that was found. And this is the report and, that, and you're off. Yeah, you're off. I think, I think it's really, really important to, to bring up that systems like this, you're not trying to replace a human you're trying to make the expert the guy that can fix it more efficient at what he's needing to do uh, i cannot stress that enough like yep. you know people think like uh like you said before uh, people think that autonomy replaces people it's not it's making people more working in their actual job i'll give you an example we have uh in in, in israel we have systems working on power grid and um we got we got a true beyond visual on a site approval there, which is like very unique here, uh, and um, and now the drone is looking at 600 poles, like a, on a continuous kind of cycle. They used to drive around. They had yeah. a team of electricians, which are electricians. <laughs> They're not supposed to drive around. High They're skill like, set people. I mean, that's exactly. They need to do. You know, the drone creates a report, right? And they just go and fix it because that's their job. They know how to fix things. They don't need to walk around in the heat, in the cold, in the rain, like, and try to look for for uh, for an anomaly that they don't necessarily will look at because they're looking at it from the you know from the ground above and not from from high like from top bottom. It's like if I can do this for people that are you know trained for uh, you know pipe uh, pipe integrity. That are trained for, uh, uh, you know, for um, uh, uh, isolation uh, uh, integrity, stuff like that, and make sure they do their job. They're going to be so much efficient, right? And the site is going to give you so much efficient because there's a robot telling you that there's a problem here. Go fix it. Right. Absolutely. That's that's amazing. That that and again, like when you were saying that aim is not to give you another username and password. Thank you because being in the IT industry, I already have enough username and passwords to keep <laughs> up with, especially emails, right? So yeah. it's really cool. And that's where things are going. You know, you, you want to report, you want to get to the right people at the right time and give them what they need to know. 
not have them try to learn what they need to know about it. Like, or do I think I need this or do I not? You're taking the guessing out of it for them to be more efficient and do the job that they are hired to do. Not all the meticulous or very tedious, um, you know, job part of the job that they have to do um and we've been doing fully like a lot of autonomous type stuff in you know just the reports that we we gather from the drone here in enid um has actually eliminated a lot of that very meticulous and very tedious jobs that you know guys were spending a quarter of their day having to do and taken away from what else they could do so What about, what can you, and, and, and I know you were talking about this, what is going on November 17th that you can tell us? Is there anything that you can give us that's happening on the 17th? I think that the 17th is going to be cool because we're going to talk about new um, I, new hardware and software developments that we're, that we're issuing out uh, in 2022. And it just takes the line of, you know, what we're doing on a full kind of autonomous concept and just, you know, re-amp it, like, to, because we're taking every, uh, every product line or every solution that we're doing, we're just, you know, we're just amping it and and making it uh, bigger or smaller, uh, better for sure. uh, And... uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of good good things coming out. But uh, the end result is that after the 17th, people will, uh, hopefully clients and prospects will understand that the future of these sites, like the, the way the physical sites are going to transform digitally is with, uh, with robotics and with the ability to, to collect visual data. And, and you know, a lot of, uh, sometimes uh, I, I talk uh, to to investors and, and, and everybody talks about SaaS, you know, uh, Google this or yeah. what's that. And the di- digital transformation, I'm telling them, look, a bank, when it does a digital transformation, it's a lot to do with the software because all the information is done. When you go to a Coke uh, site, this is a physical big site. This, sure. To transform that digitally, that is a whole different animal. It's how do you collect that information on the physical space and turn that into something that can really help the people on the ground manage it better. And, and you know, and it sometimes takes time to understand because we're taking, uh, uh, we're taking uh, different kinds of uh, um, uh, uh, examples uh, from, you know, from the digitalization world that we think that are very common, but, but in the heavy industrial sites, it's very different. Like, think, think our refinery, for example. Our refinery today looks like a refinery like 50 years ago. It's the same. Yeah, it's same, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you don't know how to, and if, you, if you're not thinking differently of saying okay we need to digitalize with robotics we need hardware systems out there to collect that information and make sure they do it safely and and reduce the risk to people and so on and collect that into uh, uh, a software environment so we can be much more efficient we're not we're not going to digitalize these sites and and i think that the 17th is is talking more towards that into how can we on the one hand have more form factors on the on the ground or in the air 
to collect that and how to, on the software side, how do we provide better and faster insights for, for the site to make sure that they're, you know, safer and better? Well, it's, I mean, it sounds to me, it's just like everything that you and I preach all the time. It's about education from everything from the hobbyist that's flying his drone, possibly unsafe, which, which just causes more rules and regulations to the, like Ariel said, the, the, uh, the FFA, the FAA, excuse me, guy that's been working on a jumbo jet his whole life. It's, it's all about educating the public companies and everybody else because this i mean it is the way of the future man i mean it's, it, is. it is i i agree i agree so much education here and and it's you know it's it's also education for for the next you know the next generation jobs sure. in these robotics is going to be a very very big element in the next education uh in, in the next uh generation jobs that that we're looking for and we can see it today like you know 10 years ago who would think that you know a drone pilot is a prerequisite for for working in right. anywhere. And, <laughs> right? and, and today, and today, you have so many of that, and and it's just growing. So automation also, it's not replacing people; it's just making them work on different elements. Yeah, good. It's it's great, and we do we we preach about it all the time on here. Where you know drones are going and, and sure. that robotic side and, and and that so we have just a few more minutes left with the aerial um it, it was really amazing to you know get to hear your guys' side you know your story of coming up into the drone industry and coming from you know being in the industry to now where you guys are and and we are really excited about november 17th i can't wait to hear that and you know we'll we'll definitely be watching it um how can how can the viewers and listeners out there how can they get a hold of you guys how can they learn more um into percepto and where can they you know find you guys at and contact you so percepto.co.com or anything else just .co that's the best way to get a hold of us and we're very approachable and LinkedIn. My name is Ariel Avitan, as you all know, and uh, uh, just uh, look, uh, catch me out on, on LinkedIn. I, I'll be happy to answer any questions or get connected and and, uh, and get, you know, any questions assigned to the teams. And uh, yeah, through you guys as well. Right, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, contact. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so feel free to, to connect. Uh, I'm really looking forward to sending, looking forward to having you there as well uh, uh, to, to listen to what we have to say. And then, you know, I'll be more than happy to come back and talk about Spot and new things that are coming around. Whenever you guys need me, I'll be here. Awesome. 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 Ariel, thank you very much for thank coming you on. Thank you, guys. It was amazing. Thank you so much, Ariel. Take well, care, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. See ya. See ya. All right, everyone. So that was Ariel Avitan, the chief commercial officer and co-founder of Percepto. And it is always a wonderful chance to get and sit and talk with Ariel and those guys out there at Percepto. Um, they're very, like he was saying at the end, they're very, very responsive. Um, I know there's flights that I do quite a bit that if there's any issue or hiccup in that flight, they are real quick to uh, message you on the app, and it's it's really neat to see where they're going and how they're going, man. So sure, sure, I think it's really important to to pull guys like that from the industry. I mean, he he's a uh, revolutionary, I would say, in the technology, the software, um, hardware, even that, and it and it's a good thing for people to understand what what guys like that are thinking. Absolutely. And, you know, if, if you guys want to hear more from Ariel and those guys over Percepto, 
you know, leave a uh, leave a like, a message. If you guys want to get a hold of us or uh, just let us know what you think, we're easily accessible on Facebook or you just shoot us an email. It's info.thedronereport.bbm at gmail.com. One more thing, guys, just to let you know that we will be taking the Thanksgiving break off. So next scheduled episode will be somewhere around November 29th. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. See you next time.